This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? The Hurricanes offense is back. So far. And if you like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode. And if you like it, please share it. Now that, let's start with the uh, first game um, after the trade deadline. For those of you who listened, uh, last episode we did an episode on the trade deadline with Adam Gold. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Sam? really um it was great to have Adam on Adam Gold on the podcast. Um he shared his insight with us and I thought it was um it was good. Um I agreed with a lot of his points and we definitely look forward to having him back on at some point. Um he's always been very interactive with us and we appreciate it. So just again, thanks uh for, for joining us again and um hopefully we get you back on. Yeah, it was definitely fun. We might do something, I think, uh, right when the playoffs start, possibly, but that's still ways away. Um, yeah. I'm sure you didn't like his view on Eric Stahl, though, because <laughs> well, I know no, you like Eric Stahl. It, it's, it's no surprise that I just I love Eric Stahl, and I would have loved to have seen him come on a magical run with his brother back in Carolina and get his uh, second cup, but it, it was not meant to be, so we're just moving right along. Uh, we got Max Domi. I think is a very solid pickup. Um, I thought he played really well tonight against. I thought I thought tonight was his best night. We'll get to it, but yeah, I it, thought it was um, good. I think it's probably going to be a trade that works out, especially for depth. Um, gives you that extra forward just in case. And he's someone who can play up in the lineup. He can play on on first, second, third, or fourth line. So it was a good pickup. Just hope um, it pans out. If he can score, great. If not, he can add that um, toughness that I think the team needs. Um, surprisingly, we got that from Kotkaniemi tonight. It's funny, like everyone's getting tough, like Pesci last game um, against Dallas, and then Kotkaniemi tonight. But we'll KK, yeah, KK mostly stepped up for uh, what was it? Step on, I think that got hit. Yeah, Pesci was, just took things into his own hands. He was just pissed about. Yeah. And um, His <laughs> toward the at the end of the pod, I'll make some comments on the officiating because we've tweeted about it, and I, I think I, I think I think it's warranted to have a conversation about about NHL officiating in general and kind of what I've seen just and how Carolina has been treated. So we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I didn't have a problem with the officiating tonight, though. I think it was pretty. I, I had well some issues toward the beginning. But there was a trip on Natchez they didn't call, but that was pretty much it that I yeah, kind of saw. I think I think it's worth a conversation about them in general because I mean you know you'll know like Carolina's not the only team who has some issues with them. There's just no accountability. But like I said, we'll talk about it at the end of the at the end. Um, so I guess we can start with the Tampa Bay game. That was a uh, fun Tampa Bay game. It didn't start out fun because uh, in the first period we didn't have any action but carolina I, dominated again carolina just dominated the first and had nothing to show for it. yeah it was a defensive period i thought because yeah. i remember at the beginning of that game like the first five or five minutes and 
both teams didn't have a lot of shots on goal. No, I mean it was a it was a fun. I mean it was still fun to watch. Um, Tampa Bay is one of those teams where, uh, I mean, even in the playoffs last year, I got to attend all those games um, in Carolina. It was um, they were fun to watch. Tampa Bay was just a better team. Yeah, I they, think this year it would be different if we meet them in the playoffs, but. It was fun. I mean, I think they're a fun team to play against, and I mean, it was enjoyable to see what what they could do. And um, yeah, and but in the second period, um, the first goal is by Netches on the power play from uh, Bear and Jarvis. Yeah, and I was happy, really happy. Netches scored. Yeah, and and it was against Tampa Vasilevsky too. Yeah, I think. I apologize. Uh, uh, everyone knows North Carolina um, allergy season is just in full bloom this year. Um, so I'm, you know, everyone else who has allergies, I know you you can relate. <laughs> Last week I related a lot. Oh well, that's what you get for for this state. It's got a black car. No, it's yellow. Um, but anyway, yeah, no nature scoring. I think is huge and. Jarvis even factors in. I think this is what's what matters. And Adam Gold has mentioned it too. For the Carolina Hurricanes to win a Stanley Cup, you need Natchez and Jarvis to put the puck in the net. Not every game, but often, right? What's happening right now? Natchez and Jarvis are putting the puck in the net. That's huge. That's important. And they need to keep this up. And if they do... There are very few teams in the league, I feel, who can beat Carolina. But if Natchez keeps turning the puck over and a Jarvis can't produce, that's it. I mean, that's kind of ball game. Yes, and even though I think uh, Svech has actually been playing good, um, before tonight, he's only had one goal in 15 games. And, and, and again, he's been playing good. Yeah. So he's not like Natchez. And I would argue, I mean, that's kind of, I feel as though that kind of is the definition of what Carolina has done of late. They've been the better team in a lot of these games and just haven't won. And I feel like same with, with Svetch. He's been an unbelievably great player, just can't finish the play or, or can't score. He does everything but score. And that's unfortunate. But I think him getting two tonight against St. Louis might reignite it. And that usually is how it works with him. He gets a couple or he gets one, and then he just goes on a tear. And this is the time for him to go on a tear. I think right now the concern is Ajo not scoring, but that'll come. And plus, Ajo's a setup man. If Ajo's not scoring goals, but he's setting up Svechnikov, everything's okay. But Especially Teravon. And I, I, and Ter- I, Teravon, and looking at the stat sheet, um, he's gotten... Quite a few assists, so he's doing what he he's doing. He he's, I think Teravainen is the best passer, and I th- I would say second, especially after the St. Louis game tonight. Maybe D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, I I feel though, just in my opinion, I, I felt like Ter- Teravainen has been off his game of late. I, I haven't seen his, his, his. He seems to be just slow coasting. Uh, would you coasting say coasting or his um. Passes seem have have appeared to be off a little bit more frequently, but I felt like I didn't see that tonight. Tonight he seemed like himself, but um, I was wondering if maybe there was an injury there, but I'm not sure. But 
you know, sometimes sometimes you just have that thing where you're a a player and you get off your game and Aho Teravine and, and Svechnikov were all off their game for a while. But I feel as though Svechnikov is finding it, Natchez is finding it, Jarvis is finding it, Trocek has found it because he was off for a little while too. You've got Nina Ryder who hasn't, I don't know if he's ever lost it. Stahl has been playing outstanding. Fast has been playing outstanding. They're not, they're not scoring goals, but they're doing, they're doing the job of getting, you know, they're grinding line and they grind very well out there on the And you've got your scorer on that line and Nino Nina Ryder and he can put the puck in the net. He keeps putting the puck in the net. And Faust. Now, Stahl, I mean, he hit the goalpost tonight in St. Louis. uh, But seems to be something he does pretty often. Yeah. But, I mean, that line has just been the most consistent line all season. Um, And, of course, second period, um, Tampa ties it. And uh, we've eventually, D'Angelo scores from Svesh and Turbo that gives it a lead. And and that second period was a little bit more wide open, obviously, with those goals. Well, you're going to get that when you have Kucherov, Stamkos on one side, and Sebastian Ajo, Tevo, Teravine, and Trocek on the other. You're going to get that. You have high-powered offense on both teams. After a while, you're going to start to see them fly, and that's what happened in the second period, right? I mean, the next goal was, uh, you know... Paul tied it for Tampa Bay. He was new. He was an addition, so he scored in his first game with Tampa Bay. And, you know, it's always good to see a player who gets traded to to, to do well. Um, and then you get um, D'Angelo, who, I mean, getting him back was so big. He, he's an unbelievably great player. He has really, I mean, you know, there was a lot of skepticism when he came in, right, um, about what had happened before and – um a lot of people didn't want to give him a chance, which is unfortunate. I think that tells a lot more about their character than his. But you know what? Tony D'Angelo's one, he's turned it around. He hasn't been a distraction off the ice. He has not been a distraction in the locker room. And he produces. So he's not just a bump on a log. He's one of the probably the best passers on the team next to Tara Vinen. He quarterbacks that first power play unit. When he came back, the power play started clicking again. Since he's been back, yeah. the power play scoring, consistently scoring. Uh, D'Angelo is a huge part of why the power play is so successful. Um, and it's important. I mean, D'Angelo um, scores, which is great, from Svetch and Turbo. And I think that says a lot about this team. Yeah, and I thought that actually deflected off of uh, Trocek's stick. But apparently it was D'Angelo's goal, so... If you remember that, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, because I think it was announced initially for Trocheck, and then yeah. and I guess it must have been. I think it was Nemestikov who was up front. So my guess is it must have gone off of his stick, not Trocheck's. Yeah, but you know what? I'll take it. D'Angelo's earned it. He deserved it. He's worked for it every game. He's been fantastic. We're diehard D'Angelo fans. I know oh, you. I know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I know your dad got a D'Angelo jersey for um, Christmas from me, and he was really happy. And I, I, I finally surprised him. It's probably gonna be one of my next jerseys too. I mean, I, I, I think we, I think he gets um, extended. I think he is outstanding. So, well, Don Waddell uh, talked with Gold before the trade deadline, and he talked about D'Angelo, saying that he was confident. Now things could change between now and then, but I hope he stays here long term. 
I do too. I think he's great. Um, he's been really good for this organization. I mean, he, he, he's been much better than Dougie Hamilton ever was because he's smart. So Dougie Hamilton had a great shot. He provided a lot of good offense. You know, we love Dougie. We both did. He was great for this team. He helped end the playoff drought. You know, all the respect for Dougie Hamilton. I certainly wish we could have kept him around here in Carolina. Um, but he, d- he doesn't have the speed. He like doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have does. the speed. He will give up on the play if he gets beaten defensively. And what D'Angelo brings to the team, or on the ice especially, is um, his, his hockey sense, his smartness. He is a much smarter player. He doesn't take a shot just to take a shot. If there's a pass out there that's better, he'll make the pass. If he can take the shot, he's going to take the shot. You, you get... Um, hockey smarts from D'Angelo that you didn't get from, from Dougie Hamilton. And I think that's important. I know there's some other folks out there who keep hating on, on D'Angelo and you know, that's the right. They, they, you know, like I said before, you know, it speaks more about them than it does him. So he's been great. This team's where it is now because of Auntie Ranta, Frederick Anderson, Tony D'Angelo, three off season acquisitions, that have been, I mean, home runs. D'Angelo has provided power play spark. Ranta and Anderson have given us the really strong goaltending depth. And I would say Ranta recently has actually been better. Yeah, I would for say sure. than Anderson. I think at the beginning, Anderson. I mean, Anderson has been the number one. Um, I, I personally, so my my goaltending philosophy is. If you're the best goaltender, you're the starting goaltender. And I think right now, Ranta has earned the crease. He's been the better of the two. So I would actually start to play Ranta more than Anderson. Anderson just recently got hurt. So he could still be working that off. I think it would be good to let Ranta play a few in a row, give Anderson a couple more nights off. Anderson, I think... High end is better than Ranta's, but we do have a back and back uh, Monday and Tuesday. We're at Washington Monday and Pittsburgh Tuesday. So, so. I, I would probably give Ranta that Pittsburgh start, and um, yeah. I'm sorry, I would probably or, give Ranta the 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 um, cap start. Let him play two really? in a row, and then mm. you go to Anderson the next night. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, Ranta played really well. T- I mean, he played really well tonight against the um, against the Blues. But back to Tampa. Um, so you you have a two one lead from D'Angelo, and you move on to the third period, which was fun and oh, the, kind of that was a, scary. But yeah, uh, you get a good goal though from Aho, who scores a goal, which is good for him. Then you get Jarvis and Slavin with the assist. Again, Jarvis is producing, and that's huge. Yeah, I like. I think he plays best with Aho and Turbo on that top line. He's been great, yes. and what's funny. Is that Aho goal? You can tell that was big for Aho because he, he was able to squeeze it right behind the uh, Vasilevsky's skates, and I, I'm not gonna cuss <laughs> well, on so, here. So this is this is but what he would we know, say, right? "F yeah." So so we know now that Adam Gold said in on his morning after simply that um, Jarvis curses in English. I'm sorry, Aho curses in English, so it is what it is. It is good to see it. Aho got a great goal. Um, 
Um, and it was needed. So I think I, I truly believe that was the beginning point of the Carolina offense starting to find itself again. You didn't see it. When, and and Kalorn scored to bring it within. I think it was an empty net um, opportunity, and Kalorn well, puts it in. Yeah, it, it it was an empty net, and then we also need to talk about the um, the interference on Aho from Kucherov. Yeah, and even after the game. Hurricane's Twitter was cracking me up because they were like, oh, we're such good hosts. Tampa didn't even want to leave. I loved that. But Kucherov, Kucherov he comes right in and, and he becomes a bit of a baby. There, there's no place for what he did in the game. It was dangerous. It was dirty. The fact he wasn't fined or, or something is kind of sickening from the NHL Player Association. Like, come on, man. Like, that was uncalled for. What he did after the game was uncalled for. I, I don't know what Kucherov's problem is. I, I think he has... I, I don't know, right? But Well, okay, so Tampa in their last, I believe, nine games are three and six. Um, I Well, I at least have a losing record recently. And, and it, it could be that. It, it could be, but you don't see anyone in Carolina doing that kind of crap, right? You, you don't see us sticking around at the end of the game trying to pick a fight with the full roster. Like, which yeah. is exactly what Tampa Bay did. And I mean, you'll definitely see our players getting frustrated. Like, you yeah. have their heads down on the bench and all that stuff. But they don't go picking a fight. Like, I mean, I know Nino's fiery. He might get up in the face a little bit. But I did not like Kucherov doing that. No, he was acting like a child. It's just pure and simple. He was a child. He he doesn't know how to how to, he didn't know how to act. He doesn't. He's not. He has no. Honestly, he was a bad sport, and that's just him. Uh, learned too much from Ovechkin. He's also a bad sport, but you know it is what it is. You move on. Tampa Bay heads out after wanting to stay for the surge, um, but. <laughs> You know, that's it. So Carolina won the game, and it was a, a big win. I thought it helped. I, I believe at the time may have potentially helped kind of spark some offense. But if you watch the first period against Dallas, that is not accurate. <laughs> no, uh, Dallas, I, I think you and I would agree, out of the games that we're talking about uh, this episode, um, was the most frustrating yeah. Game and I had a Dallas fan right next to me. Um, he's also a friend, but he will remain nameless. <laughs> it, it was unfortunate um, for that first for that first period because Carolina just dominated the Dallas Stars, purely and utterly dominated them. I mean, good gracious, they they made. I mean, it, Scott Wedgwood looked like he was. <laughs> supposed to be the Vesna nominee. He played unbelievable. Um, just couldn't crack it. And it was just, again, kind of that game kind of showed that where Carolina's offense had been, right? Just unable to score. We should have seen this coming, though, because this was an ESPN game. And I tweeted out that morning, this is a national televised game. Oh, boy. Yeah, for whatever reason, Carolina tends to struggle in nationally televised games, except in the playoffs. Um, it is what it is. So, but in the first, you know, you had 
in the second period was when all hell broke loose. Pardon my French. Um, you have the Pesci fight and hit. So what happened was... Was that in the second or yeah, was it, was it in, in the, the first? Second period. Okay. Yeah, it was in the second period. I thought Pesci, it was in the first period. Because Pesci was out of the game for the rest of the second and a chunk of the third. A first part of the third. Basically what happened is Pesci was elbowed high it was a dirty hit pure and simple and the officiating had already lost control of the game they had not been doing well at all um and pesci took it within his hands and, and that's what happens and, that, and that's why we'll have a small conversation i was impressed i was impressed by pesci's um yeah i mean there was a dark side that i'd never seen from pesci yeah. but he just threw it down on the Dallas player, and he did not have a chance. Yeah, he did not. Now, was was that fight callable if you're a ref? Okay, maybe I could see that. But the thing is that they did not call a penalty on that high elbow. They had to reflect on it. They didn't call it right when that it happened. And I feel as if, if the officials had had a grasp of the game from the puck drop in the first period. I don't think that would have happened. But Pesci was sick of it. And I don't blame him. So he took Matt Yeah, I don't blame I don't blame him either. I, even Ali Campbell in the aftermath said he had it coming. That player had it coming. He deserved what he got. And it is what it is. You move on. And did he get anything for yeah, that? He, or? Well, Pesci? No 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 no. Um what's his name? Ne- I believe it was Nemestakenoff, I believe, for Dallas. I can't remember. The guy that d- delivered the uh, elbow. I can't remember his name, but my recollection of that one was... So, it, it was a dirty hit, and um, he was unable to... The refs didn't call it immediately, and Pesci was mad. And <laughs> you can't blame him for it. Yeah, you you really can after an elbow to the head. I thought maybe he got fined out after that game, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so it was Vladim- Vladislav Nemestikov. Yeah, because I knew he was with uh, Detroit, and yep. they got him by the trade deadline. So both Nemestikov, Pesci got fighting majors, Brett Pesci got the misconduct, and the instigator penalty. And then Nemestikov got two for elbowing, which is why there was no power play. Um, there was another instigator penalty on uh, KK. Yeah, tonight. KK had, I, the, had the 15, or the, I'm sorry, the 17 tonight. So he had the five for fighting, 10 misconduct, and the two for instigating. I, I'm going to say one thing here on the instigating thing. I think they need to just throw that rule away. Next GM's meeting, I know there's one coming soon, apparently, from what, from what I heard. Please, take that instigator penalty out. The game has evolved back from the 80s to now. It's more of a fast-speed skill game now than a hard-hitting game. I don't think we really need the instigator penalty anymore. That's that's my take on it. I agree. I mean, it is what it is, though, for now. Um and, you know, it stinks because you're without Brett Pesci for a long chunk of time, almost an entire period. But, um, honestly, 
Well, you know, it's simple, really. Just Scott Wedgwood was good. Yeah, he was, and and really, that first goal from Dallas. Um, it, I mean, it was off of Stall and and Stall's stick and Cole's skate, uh, right uh, behind. I think was it Anderson? Yeah, it was Anderson that played that night, and that was really frustrating because at that time, I mean. Dallas didn't even have ten shots, yeah, on goal, and we had over twenty. That 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 hurt. That's normal for Carolina, though, right? It always seems to happen. They have an unbelievably great game, a great period, and then they a fluky goal pops in. Ben shot off of Cole. Cole deflects it right into the net. You know, it's unfair. You can't really blame Anderson for that. Although I I do believe that night Anderson was definitely not on his game. He had a very bad statistical night. Shots were very low, um, and Anderson allowed three. So you obviously know he he probably feels like he could play better. But the fortunate thing is Carolina got it back. Nino Niederreiter again scores a goal, and no shock there, right? Nino has just been unbelievable. Yeah, he has. I mean, we eventually tie it, which was good in that second period and in the third period we actually got a lead with uh Trocheck from uh Aho and Turbo I be- and that was on the power play I believe if not maybe right after but yeah, it was a good setup play. I think it was important to note too in this game Carolina was 1 for 2 on the power play that seems to be um a starting to be a common theme Carolina scoring on the power play which I think is healthy because D'Angelo's back and he yep. makes a big difference there. Yes. Absolutely, a hundred percent. But I think it's also important to take a look. So so Dallas wins this game. Um and we can talk about the other goals. I mean Trocheck and the third scores they can't hold the lead. So Exactly. Later, yeah, exactly. A minute later, Rope Hence scores. Who seems to be a cane killer. He always scores against us. And then we take it back. And we tie it, and then that's it. It goes into a shootout. Overtime, Wedgwood, again, just stands on his head, which is obnoxious and annoying, but good for him, right? He, he's, he left a bad team in New Jersey, and he's playing on a much better team in Dallas. And he looked like it. He looked really good. And that's just how that is. Carolina had the had unbelievable chances in overtime, right? Oh, they did. Wedgwood really stood on his head. But what I've noticed, though, I mean, when Wedgwood was stretching to making those saves, I mean, so much of the net was open at the top. Yeah. Aho and we didn't go for it. Ele- yeah. Aho a few times wasn't able to elevate it, and that was frustrating. Um, but it is what it is. Wedgwood played well. The good to take away from this game is we scored three, and that's big. Um, we scored three. Um, to me, the only thing concerning, though, I'd rather have. I mean, because we can take, we can definitely have some take good takeaways from this game, right? Shots on goal yeah. I mean, was forty-seven. That's good to see. Face-off percentage was sixty forty. Carolina won. Power plays. The the penalty kill again for Carolina was really great. 
Um, they killed off all three Dallas power plays. Dallas really didn't really get much going on their power play. Um, we were one for two on the power play. That's huge. Um, for uh, uh, takeaways, Carolina had 17 of them. Dallas is 12. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, it was um, it was a very good game for Carolina in the stat sheet, uh, which I think you can take from that, right? Because they played well. They just didn't get the puck luck they needed. Yes, and um, they played really well. Now, Dallas... They are mostly known for their defense. I mean, their offense isn't to be underestimated. But that defense, I mean, you have Issa Lindell, Miro Heskinainen, who I think is their best defensive defenseman. Yeah. Um, Don't forget Klingberg. Klingberg and Sakara. Because we wanted him to come to Carolina if Dallas fell out of playoff contention. No, they but they're him. right in that. In that yeah, which they is why they didn't trade him. him out. And yeah. then you had, um, yeah, like you said, Andre Sakara, who was former Hurricane. Yeah. Huge Kaniac. Um, not that night, though. Um, as our, as you know, good old Trip Tracy would say. Um, they, they, have, they have really good defense. Um, and I would argue they ha- have pretty good goaltending. They got more depth in the Wedgwood trade on trade deadline day so yeah that was good for them they needed it um so you know what you just move on the shootout you just weren't going to beat him just pure and simple you weren't going to beat wedgwood it shouldn't have gone into a shootout now argue shouldn't even gone into overtime we got a point out of it and i am fine with the point because it's against a western conference team now, if this was against a divisional rival, yeah, I would not be happy with one point. Yeah. And I think it's important to also note that, you know, right now, you know, Carolina still maintains a pretty pretty a comfortable lead against the Penguins and the Rangers and the Caps, especially the Caps. And we have almost a 10-point lead on Washington in the standings. Um, but I guess on to... On St. To, Louis game, which is the best game of the week, which yeah, best was game. the most therapeutic game for all the Kaniacs out there. It was a much-needed game for all of the players. I mean, just this game was a long time coming, the way everything was just starting to bubble up and boil up. And you knew, you just knew Carolina was going to come out and just crush a team eventually i didn't think it was st louis that they decided to crush i didn't think i I was surprised i did not expect this against st louis because st louis i mean i think they're a little bit of an opposite play an opposite game from dallas dallas plays a very defensive close-knit game st louis they're an offensive team yeah and i would think we it might have been a closer game but Ranta played on his head. To me, out of the St. Louis game tonight, which is the night we're recording, Ranta was my third star. And then I would say uh, Svetch was my second, and Jarvis was my first. Yeah, I thought tonight there was a lot of great players, except I probably would have gone with Auntie Ranta as first star, because I thought he was just unbelievable. And then I kind of would have had a dark horse. I, I felt like Tony D'Angelo just did everything right tonight. He was great. I would have made him my my um, second star. And then my first star tonight, um, honestly, would have been um, Marty Natchez. I thought he was really good. And, and everyone knows that I've been pretty hard on him. 
but I thought he had a really good game tonight. And, and, and he was and, crucial and in that empty net goal for yes. uh, Svetch. Yes, and I think that's reasonable to say. I mean, he had a goal and an assist. I thought Natchez played really, really well. I mean, that was important. I think that game for him is a building block. And we've been saying that for him, right? It's a building block for Natchez just to keep doing what he's doing. And I think he can. I think Natchez, I think if Natchez keeps doing what he's doing, he can be the difference maker in whether or not when, with this team in the playoffs. Yes. And I love Jarvis and all that type of stuff. But I think Natchez's potential is a bit higher than Jarvis's. I, I, I think of Jarvis as like a. Um, one B two A uh potential uh can be a first line player, but definitely a great second line well, player. I think, and I think with Natchez, he can be a first line I player. Think one of the things you have now, right though, is Jarvis is playing better. So yeah, so Jarvis is better than Natchez in the moment. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, Jarvis is ceiling. He's only what eighteen years old. So uh, he's twenty. Twenty. So Jarvis is a young kid. So, just and he had a big game, two goals tonight. Yeah, Jarvis played well. Yeah, honorary mentions, you know, for my stars are Jarvis and Svechnikov. Um, but you just need to, and, and honestly, Stall too. He played really well, but that whole line did. If you really wanted to be honest, um, but I think this game was just important. I mean, Carolina scores three unanswered, and they got one in the first. That was Natchez's goal. It was a we little said, goofy goal. Yeah. It was off of former Carolina Hurricane Justin Falk, another huge Canadian. For, former uh, Hurricane legend. Justin yeah, Falk. Hurricanes legend Justin Falk. Um, I mean, you know, I, I won't lie. Yeah, I miss him. He's a great, great player. He had a lot of great memories with Justin Falk. Um Especially the, you know, when remember when he came out of the box, I think it was against the Islanders and had that yes. huge goal in the playoffs. Breakaway. Yep. And that'll, that'll probably be one of my favorite Justin Falk memories. And, um, we wish him all the luck in St. Louis. I definitely would like to see him probably play a little bit better than what he has. He was a heart and soul guy. Yeah. He was part of this franchise through a lot of the hard times and he earned that playoff run that we had in. In 2019, and that was great to see, and he deserved it. He earned it, and I'm I'm happy that he got that in Carolina before he moved off to St. Louis. Yeah, he did. And then, um, so one to nothing heading into to the second. Really happy because you actually score in the first period. A uh, problem that's been trending lately for the Hurricanes. They finally defy those odds, and they scored early, which is important. Yeah, it was scored early. Great. And then in the second period, total dominance again. And I think Carolina won it because I think they were the better team for the majority of that game. St. Louis fought back yes. in that third period. Yes. Uh, but second period, we steamrolled them. Jarvis from Turbo and Cole. Uh, that was just a brilliant play. Their goaltender was not good, though. No, he was not. I mean... <laughs> Finally, we beat a backup goalie. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look like a Vesna winning goal. Well, he looked it, like he was just pulled up from a from the like the ECHL and, and thrown into an NHL game. He did not look good at all. You think you think he he was like Jack Lafontaine against yeah, New yeah, Jersey? Right. Like, like 
they threw Jack LaFontaine in, and for them, it was not good. He did not look good at all. <laughs> and, and, but he but had good stats. Well. Yeah, he's been playing really well. Yeah, he, he has. Night. But, you know, Anderson had a bad night against Dallas. You're going to have bad nights. Yeah, and, you and are. The, and he did. But, you know what? Carolina deserved this win tonight, and they earned it. They got it. They had their chances. It's not like they scored some bad goals either. It's just they made the most of their opportunities, something that Carolina has not done lately. You have, um, I mean, what was next in that in that second? You had Pesci, right? I mean, a great play from Kotkaniemi, and he snipes it. Yeah, up Pesci, front. Pesci has a lot of offensive upside. So I think more offensive than I think Slavin. Yes, I I think there are times where I think Slavin can, but it's Slavin's forte is his d- defense. It's I not would his love offense. To see Jacob Slavin maybe work on his offensive capabilities in the offseason, not at the sacrifice of his defensive. But it would yeah. be great to see him, you know, maybe work on his shot and stuff. But Slavin and Pesci are two of the most important pieces on the Hurricanes blue line. And Pesci showed what he can do tonight, too. He was great tonight. And Pesci had a good game. He got a great goal. Um, unfortunately, after that, former New York Ranger Pavel Buchnevich. He's having is, an amazing season. Yeah, he is. With St. Louis. I mean, he always did well against us, but he was in New York. So his old New York Ranger players always tend to come back and haunt us. And they did there. So Buchnevich scores kind of, you know. Get a little nervous, a little nervous, but you have a two goal lead, yeah. so there, so it's not all doom and gloom. Nope, not at all. Especially because Carolina gets the three goal lead back. Andre Svechnikov scores on the power play. I was hoping, Sve- and today uh, we want to give birthday wishes to yes. both Svech and Brady Shea. Uh, Brady Shea is turning twenty eight today, and Svech turned twenty two years old. Yep, I mean... Time flies. I remember when he got drafted. I know. Uh, good 18 for year old. Uh, we love him here at the Kaniac Report, for sure. He has been great, uh, and he had a great night on his birthday, and I think what your dad said, you just wish that Sveshnikov could have his birthday every day, because he just yeah. played... Oh, I said that day. to my dad, yeah. Because yeah, I was cool. just like, yeah, he likes it w- when he's playing on his birthday. Yeah, and that's that's important um, to have a good night. And Svetch is going to remember tonight, I'm sure. So Svetch played really great. Um, he scored from Ajo and Teravinen on the power play. And D'Angelo again. That was the only power play I think we had. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, but, and it wasn't even a full power play. And D'Angelo helped. I mean, you know, he's contributing, right? He's yeah, he is. Part. He's the reason why the puck's moving like it is. And even though he didn't get a point here, he was heavily involved. Yeah, he was. And then we go into the third period, and at that point, you knew St. Louis was going to give everything they got. And they did. They pushed, they pushed. They were the better team, I think, for the first half of the third period, maybe for maybe for about... At majority majority of the third period. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Buchnevich gets one um, for the Blues to bring it within two again. Um, so then you kind of like, okay, they're going to keep pushing. Right. And then, and then Svetch, uh, gets, um, an empty net from Trocek, but the player, uh, that you said was, uh, your first star 
tonight was the one that disrupted the pass with his skate in yep. Natchez. Yep. Gave it to Tro... I, well, knocked off his skate, which meant Trocek was able to get it, and gave it to Svetch, and Svetch, he loves his empty net goals. Yeah. I mean, you know, St. Louis decided to be bold and brazen, and they pulled the goalie early. I was worried. Left. I was surprised, but... I was given, worried. Yeah, given Carolina's history, that was probably the right move. And But Carolina was on their game tonight and made them pay, so Svetch scores. Um, they pulled the goalie again because, again, what do you have to lose? Carolina has a history of, re- of late of allowing some third-period um, empty net goals. And Nino makes them pay from Pesci and Faust again. Yeah, another empty netter. I'm so happy because we... We were not playing with a let's hang on mode. They were playing with, well, there's an empty net. Let's take advantage of that. Which is important. And then you get an act, another goal against their goaltender with, um, I guess they changed it. Was, it they changed Seth it from Jarvis. Cole to Seth Jarvis because Cole blasted it from the point and yes. Jarvis tipped it right in front of the goalie. Jarvis is playing amazing. Yes, Ian Cole gets the assist, his 14th, and again, Tony D'Angelo, who was unbelievable tonight, got the assist. And um, their three stars tonight were Svech, Teravainen, and Pavel Buchnevich. Not a surprise, given he had two goals. But um, Carolina wins 7-2. to two. They needed this. I mean, they needed it so, so, so bad. Um and especially before you you hit the next slate of games, when you got to play Washington and Tampa Bay and a back to back, then you got to go on, come back home and play Montreal at the end of the month, and I, then start the month off with Minnesota. I mean, these next it four gets, are not easy. It Montreal. gets easier next month. Um, yes, when you got to play Buffalo twice, the Islanders, yes. Anaheim. You have New York, Detroit, Colorado, Arizona, Winnipeg, New Jersey, New York Islanders, Rangers, and Devils. You only have to play one, two, three, four, five, I believe, maybe six playoff teams. Um, yep, you only have to play six playoff teams. I'm that sorry, month. five playoff teams at the end of the end of the last month. So yeah. you're playing um, for playoff teams. You have to play the Minnesota Wild, the New York Rangers twice, Colorado, and then that's it. So Minnesota, New York, Colorado. Um, those are the only playoff teams that you have to play or teams at the very least who are competing with you in the standings, yeah. right? Um, and tonight was... A win that we really needed. It's like I told you when I got here. Yes, we needed this win, but we need we needed this type of win because for the past month the offense has been dead. But we won a game that was not by three or two goals, but by seven. Well, we won seven to two, so we won by five, and that that's huge. You need you need these kind of games. Well, well, we won with seven goals. Yes, is what I was saying, and that's important before you head out to Washington because because we have not beaten Washington yet. No, we have not. We will have won the season series against Tampa Bay. We've won the first two. It's just a matter of how what happens here and whether or not we get a sweep or not. Um, and same with Washington. It's a matter of fact of whether or not they sweep us. No, we lost against Pittsburgh, didn't we? At yeah, well, we're Pittsburgh. playing Tampa Bay. 
Oh, oh, that's right. Tampa. I thought we were playing Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, Washington. it's not Pittsburgh. So we, we will correct that. It's um, we don't play Washington, Pittsburgh. It's Washington and Tampa Bay. So we have to, um, you know, hope it would be great to sweep Tampa Bay, but um, and hopefully stop Washington from sweeping us. Um, but I think good game tonight. Yeah, moving on to Washington on Sun on Monday. And I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fun game. I, yeah. I've always enjoyed playing the Caps. It's always intense. If we can win just one out of those two games, I'd be happy. Because, I mean, those two games back-to-back, especially the um, the uh, Tampa game, it'll be, yeah. what, three games and four nights? I think a successful road trip here would be four out of six. Um, a really, I would say a a good ro- a bad road trip would be we just win here we lose to Tampa Bay and Washington. Uh, a a decent road trip would be we get at least a point out of the next two. A good road trip would be if we win and yes. at least beat Washington or Tampa Bay. And I think a really good road trip would be if we get five out of a possible six. I really don't think we win against Washington and Tampa Bay. No, but mm-hmm. I think we beat both. I think we beat one. At least yeah. one. Um, so I guess that's it for the Hurricanes. But and we'll kind of discuss a little bit about the Evgeny, NHL. I got Evgeny Dadnov and the officiating. So we'll start with Dadnov first. Yes. So um, a lot happened this week with the trade deadline. A lot of players got moved. In fact, I believe I read that this was probably one of the most busiest trade deadlines with, like, I believe, 33 trades. Uh, that's fun if you're a fan of the NHL. Um, one of them was Vegas trading Evgeny Dadnoff to Anaheim uh, because they needed to unload cap. Now, a situation arose, and this is why I heard uh, from Elliot Friedman. Dadnoff had a no-trade clause, yes. and Anaheim was on one of those te- teams, and Vegas was a little bit negligent uh, with the... Getting the no trade clause, so uh, he was he is now the NHL and the NHLPA had to discuss this for a couple of days, and as a result, Dadnoff is now property of Vegas, not Anaheim anymore. So this is something that Elliot Friedman treated out. He said, "Latest on Dadnoff: Somehow on trade call from Ottawa to Vegas, a team Dadnoff could not block." Golden Knights and NHL were led to believe protection had expired, not filed properly. But there is correspondence proving no trade paperwork filed correctly and on time, June 30th. So we'll see how this is adjudicated. Feel for Dadanov, who did nothing wrong here and is caught in the middle. Um, And the NHL released a statement not too long after that. The NHL Hockey League has announced today that it has invalidated Monday's trade of player of Evgeny Dadanov from Vegas to Anaheim. The trade could not be conducted because Dadanov's contract includes a limited no-trade clause, which has not been complied with. Exactly. And when I heard about that, I was like, well, I think he's still a Vegas Golden Knight because Vegas... I don't know what was going through their minds at the time. Obviously, I don't know the truth. I I don't think none of us will. But it really seems like they were negligible of getting a snow trade clause. 
I mean, you knew they had to unload Cap to uh, get Mark Stone into the lineup. Yes. Why did they not go to Dadnoff and be like, well, here is his, can we get your no trade cloths? Go to his agent and get that. Yeah. Go to uh, his former team, Ottawa Senators. Get that. It was embarrassing. And honestly, it's, I I don't understand. I think Vegas has kind of turned into a villain in how they've treated some of their players. I think Marc-Andre Fleury was disrespected this offseason. I think Dadnov was disrespected recently. I feel as though there's this common thread right now going through through Vegas that if I'm the ownership, I, I might consider a change in, in general manager general managers um, just because of how he's handling things right now. Uh, but if it's coming from the owner down, then there's not much you can do. But just you know, as people watching from the outside, obviously you know I was cheering for Vegas when they had their magical run their first year. But since a lot of really, that team is gone, though, yeah, you don't have a lot anymore. And that's unfortunate, but you just got to keep moving on. And um, Vegas just, I, I, I don't, I, I've grown to disrespect, to not respect a lot of the Vegas front office right now. Same here. And I mean, what's interesting about Vegas is that they go out and they get these big names. They got Alex Petrangelo, I believe, via UFA. They get Eichel. Just, and why, part of the reason why I love hockey is that you can have all the greatest players in the world, but the, be- the greatest thing that you need is chemistry. And you're seeing that with Vegas. I think you saw that uh, the times with Edmonton, with Medeva and Dracidal. I think Toronto with the, their offensive power. You can have the, one of the best players in the world but still not make the playoffs because chemistry is the most important in this league yeah it's true because right now vegas is the second wild card spot because right now you've got winnipeg vancouver and dallas all nipping at their heels i mean honestly in that pacific division it's it's tight and um Honestly, when it, I mean Calgary is the de facto number one. I don't see them falling out, but it's going to be between Vegas. So I'm sorry. Between I think Calgary is the best team. Edmonton. I think Calgary is the best team in that division. Yes, Calgary is the best team in the division, with Colorado being the best in the West. So, I think that's kind of where they stand now. But I want to talk a little bit about the NHL officiating because. <sighs> There was a penalty um, on Marchand tonight that apparently wasn't called. I think uh, they won, I believe, against the Islanders, though, but it wasn't called. So it, it, it seems like it's mainly geared toward the superstars. Yeah, Kucherov, and that's the problem. Marchand. Like, Kucherov got a pass for what he did in Carolina. Marchand gets passes all the time. Why, I honestly, for God's sakes, I don't know. Marchand is a rat. Kucherov is dirty. Ovechkin has a history of being dirty. He leaves his feet on almost every hit. Um, Crosby is a diver. And none of them get called because they're superstars. But then you have, you know, it's, it's getting to a point where the officiating is, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, all, you know, out to get Carolina. 
I'm I'm saying it's a problem because you see so much um, poor officiating around the league, geared toward protecting these superstars, or geared toward letting them get away with things. You have, I mean, and but I also think there's an issue when it comes to officiating in Carolina because Carolina there hasn't been a single um, dive penalty called on the opposing team. I think that's a problem. I think embellishments. Been, yeah, it's, there are no embellishments been called against the Hurricanes. And for whatever reason, I, I don't get it. Carolina has always had issues with officiating, and ever since Brendan Moore, at least got in. And I don't get it. I don't get it either. Now, do I think Carolina is needs to work on their discipline? I do think absolutely they need no. To. I don't. I honestly don't have a lot of issues with some of the penalties that are called on them. I think some are obviously ticky tack calls, and then it isn't called when the other team does it. And I think that's when you start to lose control of the game if you're an the, official. Well, the thing is that there's a standard for every team, and there shouldn't be. You got to call penalties that are actual penalties whether it's on these superstars or not and to me the most frustrating thing about the officiating and i'm just gonna leave it at this because i don't want to talk about this every episode on the officiating but i think the nhl will be easier to get new fans to get more people involved with the sport of hockey if these rules were more consistent by the officiating because and and you could and i think that's what honestly all all fans want all teams want is just consistency i'd be happy with that right like rod was angry in the toronto game because like toronto had like three or four power plays before caroline even had one and you know that's just not accurate like there were a lot of missed calls in that game and i think that's where we're getting to a point now where where the officials for whatever reason feel they have to call everything against carolina because of their quote-unquote history or reputation for penalties i which i think is absurd but it is what it is you move on um that's all i have to say about the officials i just some of it falls on the rule book too like goalie interference, what is that? Yeah, that's that's a rule book thing, not not really officiating. It's a rule book. Yeah, no, thing. that's a that, that's rule book, and that's a lot to do with um, Toronto more than it does with uh, the on ice officials because and, and the instigator penalty. I think uh, that's more of a rule book thing. I think they need to throw yeah. that out. You're not having an instigator type of game anymore, like you were yeah. in the '80s. And at the end of the day, you just you got to go out and play your game. You got to keep your sticks down. Don't have them up high. Um, play a good game. Play a clean game. Play a tough game, and you're going to be fine. Carolina's got a good team. They have the best penalty kill in the league. So at the end of the day, the penalties aren't hurting them. Um, but you know, when you get into the playoffs, you got to be more disciplined. Or else teams are going to make you pay. But I'm confident in Carolina's penalty kill. Um, obviously, we both hope that the officiating gets a little bit better in times to come, years to come. But uh, we don't have a say in that. We just can hope and criticize when needs to be, praise them when they need to be. It's one of the hardest jobs. Obviously, we know we both love Wes McCauley. We think he's the best ref in the league. Five for fighting. Yeah, that was his latest one. I loved that. Gotta love Wes. So, um, I think that's all I have to add on the officiating. Yeah. 
Same here. And we don't want to talk about this every episode, no. but that was just our <laughs> statement there. Yeah, we haven't talked a lot about the officials in depth lately, but we figured it'd be be good to kind of kind of talk about it. And we're not blaming the officials for losses or anything. I don't think that's reasonable. I think the Dallas game was pretty poorly officiated on both sides, but um I feel like it was more geared toward Dallas than it was Carolina. I felt like Carolina suffered more than Dallas did. But um you know what? You just gotta move on. The officiating is what it is. You know what you're gonna get. Um and Rod we trust and just move on. Yeah. Well, I think that concludes uh, this week of games and everything. So, yep, yeah, um, we'll have several to talk to you guys about. Um, three to four games we'll discuss next week. Um, we're looking forward to it. Um, I, I, I think we're. I think at least one of us or both of us are going to these next couple, um, or not these next two, but the two home games coming up. Looking forward to them. They're going to be great. I'm excited. I know you are. It's always fun to get back to PNC. And then we got the playoffs coming up. Uh, I'm excited for the playoffs. Yeah, you and I will probably be at most of those games, and we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll we're we'll, geared now toward ter- facing against Toronto now, yeah, where the Toronto, Santines Toronto are. That, that'd be is, something. Toronto would be our first round matchup right now. Um, we'll figure out once we get to the playoffs. We'll probably decide then if we want to do weekly or we want to do roundly podcasts about Carolina. Um, about this team um, because that's playoffs. It's a little different. You know, if we play best of four, we win the first four, then, you know, we'll talk about it pretty quick. But we'll we'll figure it out when we get to the playoffs. We're excited for it. Trust me. Um, and um, I am Sam Wallace. And I'm Sam Driscoll. Good night, everybody. Yeah.